Hello everyone and welcome to another Game of Thrones Tower of Babel Breakdown. This is for Season 5, Episode 8, Hard Home. And if I sound a little bit raspier, it's because we literally just woke up. This is the earliest I've ever recorded a podcast. Um, it's To most people, 8.30 doesn't sound very early. But to me, <laughs> it's, just, I, it's almost unbearable. And my eyes are still half closed. But that's how much we care about you guys. So here we are. Um, I'm Julian Muche. I've never read any of the books, but I love the TV show, and that's how we talk about this, uh, the show here, just as the television show. We don't spoil anything from the books, not that it really matters much anymore, because we're pretty much passing the books, as far as I understand. Um, I'm joined by my friend who loves reading a lot, not as much <laughs> as I do, Daniel D'Souza. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so, we'll get into it in just a sec, I just want to make a quick uh, apology for uh the late post last week wanted to get it up earlier but again scheduling stuff that's why we're doing it so early this week and uh secondly um i want to read a comment we got on last week's show from uh, a lovely lady named jennifer uh, and i'll just read it here so quickly um i just listened to the podcast for the first time and this is by far my favorite podcast on the show talking about game of thrones i love your banter and insights keep up the good work so thank Lovely. you, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, I would love to um, say more than thank you, but you know, uh, that's that's awesome. If you guys want to uh, send us any comments or anything like that, find all the info information at www.towerofbabblepodcast.com or reach out to us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast. Um, we love that stuff. So yeah, send us it, that stuff in. Uh, but let's uh, get into this uh, this episode. Um, we'll start in Marine, I guess, and then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Um, so how much better would this scene be? And I'm glad they started with, uh, this scene. They're t- we're talking about, um, Jorah, Danny, and, uh, uh, Tyrion in, like, the throne room in Marine. How much better would this even have been if the last scene of last episode was the Tyrion, Danny, and Jorah scene. Yeah, it definitely would have flowed better as a season. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, this is the, like, uh, this is for sure the cliffhanger that I, I think uh, more people care about, right? This is huge, these characters coming together. Yeah, I mean... They the do... Cersei thing is, is satisfying. Like, we love to see Cersei finally get her comeuppance, but this is arguably more important. Yeah, especially this week, like, what they do with Cersei isn't that really that interesting. Um, yeah. But, like, it just, it, it just feels odd. I mean, maybe, maybe the director's cut of like the season at the end we'll have it we'll flip those two i mean really in the end of it it's it's what you remember from that last episode was yeah the Tyrion stuff so it doesn't really make that big of a difference but like if you're watching it as like uh like all as a season altogether um, as a whole it makes less sense um also say that uh amelia clark and peter dinklage absolutely uh would have stolen the show this week if it wasn't for what happens later um uh acting and writing wise they it's just like completely blows everyone else out of the water it's everything we expected out of seeing these characters come together is... yep um and they they really did like blow everyone else out of the water but when it comes to like like theatricality the rest of the episode uh or the back half of the episode kind of steals the show um so let's move on to the like the actual scene itself uh itself um, I kind of wonder what, what happened between them at the fighting pit and like going to the throne room. Like, did they like, she was like, Danny's like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. hold that thought. Hold that thought. <laughs> I have a much nicer place. We can have this conversation. Um, yeah, pretty but, much. Cause that's, that's a good deal. Like a good distance as well. Like they're just walking together <laughs> yeah, or whatever, <laughs> but like, it's like, but the conversation picks up like right where they left off but in a completely different location, yeah. which is why I think it's pretty funny. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. Um, so Danny's still upset with Jorah, obviously. She tells him he's not allowed to speak. Um, and uh, and then, you know, she kind of asked Tyrion, like, why should I believe you about who you are? Um, like, why should I kill you for, you know, what your family did to my family? Y- yada, yada, yada. Um, but really what stands out to me here is that Danny really shows, like, that she's really gained some wisdom. And uh, 
because she, uh, a lesser person, an earlier version of her would have just had them two killed right away. Um, but I think she recognized that Tyrion was like, hey, he had some intelligence and wanted to like test him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what did? What else? Do you, what did you take away from the scene? Well, I just, I just love all the like all the the Westerosi backstory talking about. It's it sounds like a, almost like a soap opera, but like whose father killed who and who's did what to whose family. Yeah, I, like I have an uncle in from out of town, and he was just lost. He has no idea. Of course, like how could you, right? Yeah, uh, I love that. I love seeing Daenerys skeptical of Tyrion, and Tyrion kind of proving himself in front of her, right? Yeah, it's so many witty comebacks. Like just yeah. it's like it's like boom, boom. It's awesome. It's it sounds like a. It's like you're watching a, a like the newsroom or or <laughs> Aaron yeah. Sorkin written television show. Um, no, it's great to see like Tyrion. I mean, not yet, but he's pretty much like where he's supposed to be. Like this is the best position for him, like for, yeah. for or the audience for us to see him in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this is where we want him to be. There's a lot of things in this episode where you're like, yeah, that's you know, that's how that's how things should be. You know, mm-hmm. um, which I love. Um, but speaking of Tyrion, um, does he, he seem, does he seem a little bit more antagonistic to you than he has in the past? Um, in what sense? Like, like it who? seems like he, like the way he answers questions, it seems like he's egging people on in a way that like, if he was ever, you know, like had a little string of bad luck, like if he did that to like the wrong person, he would just end up getting killed, getting himself killed. I think that's always kind of been his personality. That's what's gotten him into trouble half the time, right? Yeah, I, I just again, it feels like it's a little bit more than usual. Maybe I'm just reading I guess, into it a little. Well, I guess now he like he has nothing to back it up. Like before, he had the most po- one of the most powerful families in Westeros and all the money in the world. Now he's just a dude. Like he's just a mouthy little shit. Yeah. Well, and then yeah, and <laughs> it just it's it comes off as he has nothing left to live for. But when you talk when you take into context what he says later to Danny about having you know um, that being her last. Her being the last thing for him to live for, um, it does kind of mm-hmm. seem a little off. But maybe again, maybe I'm just reading into it a little wrong. No, it, it kind of makes it like earlier at the beginning of the season, he was just he had resigned himself to drink himself to death, right? Yeah, that's true. And and then Varys gave him this one last thing to, to actually work towards. Mm-hmm. Um, you, so here's here's something I another another little thing that I picked up on in this scene that I'm not sure maybe you if you agree with me or not, but I'll, I'll lay it on you. But Danny really seems to be craving a replacement for uh, Sir Barrison. Um, mm-hmm. It's odd how quickly she latched on to Tyrion and his, like... Like, right away she said, why should I take you into my service or whatever? And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, hold the bus, Gus. I never said anything about doing that. You know what I mean? And um, if... I mean, she's kind of lucky that Tyrion was the you know, the first person to come along that you know, really filled that role in the first place. Um, if someone else had maybe come along, someone, a lesser person had come along, yeah. you know, she might not have been in as good a position as she would be now having Tyrion taken on as an advisor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. For, no, I agree with you. She like, Sir Bearson was kind of her link to, well, and Jorah before that was her link to Westeros, right? Cause other than that, she's been, she's grown up on the other side of the world. She has, she doesn't really know anything about Westeros or its customs. Right. So she needs, an advisor there who who really understands the landscape and yeah like i think we talked about this last week too like i said like Daenerys seems like she's a bit too trusting like if if Tyrion had ulterior motives he could easily take advantage of her yeah he doesn't thank god but he she obviously was a little too quick to trust them especially because he's from a rival family that that you know butchered her family yeah that's that's she's she does that a lot i mean she's lucky it hasn't come back to bite her more often um, she did question the whole, you know, your, you know, killed your father thing, uh, which is mm-hmm. fair, um, <laughs> I think. Um, and poor Jorah, uh, Jorah, you can't really help but feel for the guy, especially with Tyrion giving him uh, the cold shoulder. I want to, mm-hmm. kind of just want to say here, I want to make as many cold puns this week as we possibly can, um, and Ugh. I just want to be as close to Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze as possible. Done to death. <laughs> just just watch the flash god damn it that show's pissing me off with those puns the cold puns what any you know, episode that has captain cold in it like what, what there's one episode like he walks into a bar and he asks the bartender for a drink he's like i want it ice cold <laughs> yeah and but like it, it's, it's not even the fact that he says it it's the pause and the emphasis and i'm like shut the fuck up you don't like wentworth miller's take on captain cold 
Is, is not he always, too no. silly for you? A little bit. <laughs> and he, uh, anyways, that's a different show, but that kind of stuff really irks me. <laughs> what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> the Ice Age. <laughs> uh, that's my favorite one, by the way. No, the the best one is Ice to Meet You. <laughs> I, no, I, no, it's but, just the wrong word. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, I know, but what killed the first of all, the Ice Age didn't kill the dinosaurs, and it's a lo- <laughs> just a long way to go for like yeah, for, for a sure. pun, you know. Love, oh, gotta love Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze. Um, I don't think you do. Little tidbit: Schwarzenegger's high, more highly billed than Batman in that movie. Um, he comes. His name comes up before Clooney's. Just see, so just Jesus. in case anyone's up interested. Well, that was in, he was like at his peak yeah. back then. But let's talk about the action star of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about that second uh, Danny and Tyrion scene. Um, unless you want to mention anything about how you feel bad for you know Jorah. Uh, you feel bad for him, but I don't feel that bad for him. I no. kind of don't care. No, I mean, I, I, I want to see more of him fighting in the pits, so I'm, I'm happy with the way everything turned out. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like, I kind of thought when we, he was escorted out of the city, that might be the last we see of him for a while again. Um, or maybe, I can say, I thought maybe suicide was possible yeah. in his future. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we get to see kind of maybe the glad- gladiator-esque, um, gla- you know, I, I assume their Coliseum is a reverse pyramid. I hope that's what it is and i assume it's in the pyramid district but i either way i hope that we get to see that like spectacle size like gladiator style stuff um and maybe we still know will yeah um so danny and Tyrion sit down they're having wine uh i love how much wine Tyrion managed to drink in this conversation in this like short <laughs> conversation um can we think up of like a like a Benefer esque like couple name for Tyrion and uh, and, <laughs> and Daenerys? Ah. Daenerian or uh, or uh, no, it doesn't really it doesn't really flow as Daenerian well. works pretty good. Ah, uh, no, I like. I'm not a fan. I like Daenerian. I'm gonna use that if I can. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that right now. Um, so I love that uh, Tyrion kind of has an answer for all of Danny's like pretty snarky like idealistic comments about how she's gonna like conquer westeros um mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like clearly like listen you, you need a little bit more foresight and like firsthand knowledge of westeros to actually win let me ex- and let me explain why um for everything and, like she he, says. he does it so much better than any of her advisors have up to this point you know She's had a couple. She's yes always kind of just said like, "I'll have the biggest army, and that's it." And the, the common people will be on my side, and like that's end of conversation. But obviously, there's nuances to it. Yeah, like the you know you have the common people on your side here. How well is that working out for you? Like that's. Mm-hmm. And first of all, how does he? How is he so like up on the goings on? Like, well, in, I guess you have reading. to assume that while he was traveling with Varys, he got a lot of information about this, okay. right? I would just to see what happens when Varys joins the joins the scene. You know, uh, you have to assume he kind of just like continued on to marine it's weird that he didn't yeah. get there first considering like the huge detail like detour that uh that Tyrion went on <laughs> like i know they were on a boat at one point but like still like they went all the way to old well Valeria. actually no like that was more of a shortcut oh wow, okay. okay they were kind of cutting across because no one goes through old Valeria, right mm, okay and then i don't know where the the pirates picked them up and where they took them but I, yeah it was a shortcut okay well that's another one on the show for not making that very clear. Uh, they're, they're not being very good on the geography lately. Um, so, uh, what, what else, what else, what else? Um, the That line about the spokes on a wheel, that's from the trailer. You guys might notice that's mm-hmm. from the trailer for this season, uh, season five trailer. And uh, That's the this season's Chaos is a Ladder. Yeah, it's really cool. It's still a really yeah. cool line. Um, at the, even more so in context. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I just I love this scene. Um, I, you know, if we always pick our favorite scenes, right? And yeah. if there wasn't a massive battle with White Walkers and zombies later, this would be my favorite scene. And I guess maybe what For we'll sure. say is that this will be my favorite, like classic, in, like acting yeah. scene. You know, in terms of like one-on-one character interaction, this is the best like we've had all season. Yeah, absolutely. The writing again. The, I can't emphasize enough. The writing here is great, and in it just, it, both characters come off so strong, 
Um, I and I, 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 love, I love it. I love it. Um, anything else? Anything you want to love to take away from the Danny Tyrion stuff before we move on? I, I just I love that. Well, I think you mentioned that Danny takes the wine away from him, but that you're seeing Tyrion like what we're used to, the way we're used to seeing him is he's not in his uh, nadir anymore. He's he's back to advising to doing what he does best, and you know, kind of <clears throat> undercutting her notions of grandeur and bringing her down to earth with some with like a reality check. Yeah, um, I love. First of all, I just want to mention I love Tyrion's cape. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to make a shout out to capes. Always good to mention those, but um, just I love. He, I think he's kind of like like he's found his place in the world, and you mentioned that. And uh, like even when he's talking about like how you know my short stint as hand of the king, I think I did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. You know, even though the king was crazy, you know, um, I think he actually thinks and knows that that's what he's actually he that's what he's good at. He's good at that, and that's what he's for. And now he's kind of found a spot where he can yeah. be good at it and be like you know appreciated for it. Hopefully, so um, <sighs> it but, just makes you a little uh, reticent because you know in Game of Thrones he's finally in a good happy place. Oh right, it's right, not going right. to last. Well. But also, he's not quite in that. Like, he, this is how he gets. He, he's this is the yeah. beginning, right? This is the inception, and then afterwards, he'd be, if he were her advisor, he would be where he needs to be, so Dan, where he can make both change. I'm just really upset that you're being so, um, <laughs> like, just give. No, let, I, let this, me, for the record, this didn't this happen moment. in the book, so I don't know. Yeah, like, I don't have any any other information. Like, I don't know what's going to happen in Kyrie next. Like, I'm pretty jaded too. But when I get like little moments like this. I, I, I try to hold on to them, you know? Um, I, maybe that's the moral of the story, because this entire episode, overall, like, pretty, like, everything worked well. We're kind of happy with where, where everybody is in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just enjoy it for what it is, because we know it's not going to last. Yeah, it never does. Um, and that's kind of a lesson about real life, too. Um, huh. uh, yeah, it's weird. It's like a... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, let's move over to uh, Bravos. We'll stay on the eastern side of the narrow sea and uh i'm not gonna lie uh aria's story is becoming impressively boring um even with the hall of faces thing which even that didn't wasn't that impressive um and this is even less impressive and less significant Mm -hmm. um it's like painful to me um i know your whole thing is the bolton stuff is like your your least favorite in this season but like yeah Arya stuff is just like it's tediously slow paced, and I maybe the again maybe there's a payoff coming. I sure hope so. But uh, so Arya's playing a, a it starts off she's playing a much less violent version of the game of faces, um, where uh, she takes on uh, the role of an oyster saleswoman named Lana, uh, who needs to learn about a ship gambler insurer type guy i'm not really sure what's going on here what's the what's you know you have a better idea what's happening in this uh this this stuff with Arya? she's just she's practicing she's pra- like she, she doesn't get to wear another person's face yet which is what we i you know i assume is what the hall face is all about yeah but so yeah she's just has to like the reason that the game of faces wasn't so violent is because he actually believed what she was saying right she she, she was believable yeah, I don't know. It is. I, I agree with you. This part is fairly boring. She's just selling oysters and cockles, and then meets some dude that we don't we've never met before, and then oh, he's a bad guy, and she's going to kill him. And it's just like y- you need little things like this to move her story along because otherwise it's going to seem too abrupt. Yeah, but uh, I can I can see why you'd be bored by this. Well, in that like, so what's happening with this this like gambler? He's he's buying people can buy insurance on their boats. So that if it doesn't come back, they pay out as their family. Is that how that? Supposed yeah. To work? Well, it, yeah. So he's. It's not really explained too well. But so the guy is buying insurance on his boat, and then he's going to go and purposefully. Yeah, he's supposed to be captured by pirates or whatever is going to happen, and then yeah. that money will be paid out to his family, right? Insurance fraud, essentially. Yes, for sure. But. But like, there everyone's in on it. Insurance exactly. Fraud. So and, and so this guy you assume gets a cut, but then, supposedly what's happened in the past is that he's made this deal with somebody. And then just hasn't given his family the money because he has no reason to. There's nobody to hold it against him, right? Yeah. So he just keeps the money, and then, you know. Yeah. So he's a he's a family bad, screwed. He's a bad guy, is what we're getting. Yeah. You know? Okay. So the guy he deserves to be killed. Somebody has come to the many faced god to pray, and this is the, they. This is his prayers being answered. Is this mm-hmm. guy has to die? 
And then we get that obligatory comment from the other girl at the, the House of Black and White. She's not ready. Which she said, I swear to God, at least ten times this season. She's not ready. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what that means. Like, what is she ready? She has, gonna, she's, has a, she got a vial of poison. She's going to poison the guy mm-hmm. with a, an oyster, probably. No. Because, like, um, I think she's not ready. Like, uh, Jacqueline said last, uh, or whatever it was. Like, she's not ready to become... Uh, um, servant of the many face god or a faceless man right but she's uh-huh. ready to become someone else like so she's not she, this, is, this is still part of her training you know ah. what i mean okay all right again i just am having a hard time caring and i think maybe the reason i'm having a hard time caring is because whatever's happening with these these characters mm-hmm. is so completely removed from the rest of what's happening and even the stuff in in like the north with john at the wall that's completely yeah. that's even probably arguably more removed mm-hmm. like but but what's happening is more it feels the weight there's a weight to it that's important and you understand why it's important this she could kill the guy not kill the guy she could anything could happen that would have no effect on anything else happening at all yeah this it's it really hinges on how much you care about Arya and her her struggle and i i do i, I like Arya, but it's just like the less she becomes Arya stark or less she becomes yeah a stark the less she becomes important to the overall story. I yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I, I I have a feeling it's going to come back. Like again, I've, I've this doesn't happen in the books, but I'm calling this that Marin. She's going to come across Marin Trant at some point this season, and she's going to off him. Mm. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Marin Trant's on his way to Marin Trant and and Mace Tyrell are on the way to Bravos, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming that they're going to tie that she's going to be able to take one of her. So like she's killing this guy, and that'll be like her first kill with the faceless man. Yeah. And then she'll be more confident, and then she'll see Marin Trant, and she'll just do him. Or mess up, not do Maybe. it. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Hmm. I like that prediction. I'm on board with that one. Um, so anything else you want to mention about uh, Bravos before we move on? Anything in the no, no. eastern side of the narrow sea? Okay, moving on. Um, King's Landing. Um, not much happening here either, um, but unlike with uh, Arya... It's okay because it's all about watching Cersei, uh, Cersei suffer, and I'm more than happy to watch that. Um, yeah, I, like, I can watch. I mean, as boring as it is, I could watch probably half an hour of her just like in that dungeon, pleading with that like, with uh, what are they called again? Um, the Septas. Septas, right? Yeah. Septins are the men. Septa, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, she looks at, is as much or more unshevelled than Marjorie did last week. Um, which again, awesome. Um, and, um, we learned that she can actually help herself. And this is kind of something they hinted at last week, uh, as well, that if you confess, you know, your things are easier on you, right? Um, confess and repent. Like that's, that's what, uh, Lancel did. And he just became a, one of the brothers, right? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it would be as like, Cersei, like they're basically the nun or the Sept is coming there and is telling her to confess. That's that. That's her only way out, other than like killing herself, right? Yeah. But I don't think she's gonna have as happy an ending as Lancel did. No, I mean, but this and not that he had, he's his ending's not that happy either. He did carve well, for him. He has a seven pointed star in his head. You know, mm-hmm. oh, but I'm just yeah. He does have peace of mind. You're right. Um, as much as that's worth in this in this uh, this world, and uh, he's morally righteous. You know. Conviction. to a fault probably um yeah. it's just a very extreme catholic-esque idea you know um well extreme like religion like a very religious fanaticism right about yeah repenting and you know admitting your sins and then the the word of the faith is law and there's there's no yeah. talking about it it's just god said this so you do it or you don't yeah so you punished kyburn comes to visit her um He's kind of there just to dump some exposition uh, about the state of Tommen. Uh, mm-hmm. Apparently, he's not handling this his mom and wife being locked up thing very well. He's not eating. Um, the kid's just just a mess. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we find out what she's being charged with: uh, fornication, treason, incest, and murder of King Robert. Upset they didn't use the word regicide. Lo- yeah, really, you know. Um, I think they would have lost some people with that one. The, but the thing is, yeah, saying regicide is less specific. They need to mention Robert just to bring people back around so yeah. they remember. Right? They could have said regicide of Robert, but that doesn't sound as good. Um, yeah. But still, 
like to see is that see that word used more often. Um, so, what is fornic like? Fornication is like what cheating, like adul- adultery, or I don't. It's sort of it's so weird. I don't because like, this is a, fornication just means sex. Yeah, which I'm, you are allowed to have, but I think it, I think in this context it means sex with someone who you're not married to, which would be adultery. But yeah, they, I mean they used buggery last last time, right? I think that means gay sex. Yeah, okay, and so fornication. The whole the, the thing that's weird is that they use the word "fuck" in the show all the time, which it means fornication under consent of the king. Yeah, right. And is that then what fornication is, is no, what? Yeah, that's no. that's where the word "fuck" comes from. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What I did? What fornication under consent of the king? Um, so you you could fuck your wife because you had you were married and so oh okay. I, okay. All right. So really, if you fuck anybody you're not married to, you're not really fucking them. Oh, all right. Well, I, let's move away from the F word a bit. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot for one sentence. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, okay, so I just, I guess it's just adultery. I just will assume yeah. um, we knew about the incest, um, the treason. I, I assume is the murder of the king. Goes well, along with the, that. the conspiring to murder. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that's a pretty apt. Like that was, she did all those things, so that's fair. Um, but again, I, I don't. We're just not sure how how these trials work. So that'll be uh, all the trials we had on the show have been pretty interesting. So hopefully, this is it'll live up to the same uh, level. It's been weird. Like I think almost all the trials in the show will end with somebody just choosing trial for combat, right? Uh, or trial by combat, except for the Loris and the Margie one, I guess. But. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't always work that way, but even even if it does end that way, we still get it. Like, it comes to mind the Tyrion mm-hmm. trial from uh, last yeah. season, where that's a pretty, like, amazing scene. So, it, or the one from the first season, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it just, I hope it's, it'd be weird if the trial, it has, like, Marjorie, Cersei, and... Um, Loris like all together for whatever reason I just feel like they're gonna mm-hmm. do that I just think it would be it's like a that's a weird way to do the trial but it would be good entertaining well I mean there's only two episodes left they gotta kinda move this along that yeah, makes sense um anything else you wanna mention about uh about Cersei uh, I mean like she you know as proud as she is she ends up having to slurp water off the floor yeah and, and you, and, you um, love we've gotta love watching that for sure for sure no, no sympathy whatsoever and then um, the only other takeaway from this is Kybern makes like a, a weird comment as he leaves. He says the work continues. Yeah, I assume he's talking about. Yeah, that he's talking about the the mountain. mountain. Yeah. Um, Just to keep that. Also, in, that and Cersei at one point tries threatening the Septa again, and then realize and that doesn't work. And then she tries um, bribing her. Um, and then when that doesn't work, she kind of like she doesn't know what to do anymore. And you kind of you kind of get that moment where you're like. That's all she's ever had is the yeah. She the played ability. all the cards, right? Yeah, that, that's all she. She was either it was either fear or coercion, and that's all that's she's ever. Or had she could that. like, uh, <laughs> you know, or tempting her, but the I, I guess, guess that works better on men. Right? Yeah, 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 seducing I her. I don't know how well that's gonna work with Acepta. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but whatever. Um, let's so let's move on to uh, Winterfell. We have a, a pretty cool scene with Sansa and Theon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sansa was rightly pissed off uh, at Theon for last week's betrayal. Um, she's rightfully pissed. It's fair. Um, and it's a pretty powerful scene um, that really kind of like brings whole brings around the whole depths of what Sansa went through. Um, and in her mind, Theon is like almost solely responsible for the reason she has no family. Um, she betrayed her brother killed her other two um mm-hmm. i mean that's like three quarters so him, him betraying rob put him along the path for rob and cat to be murdered yeah exactly and then the unmurdered the other two brothers so really Arya's is the only one she would have left yeah and, and does she think Arya's dead i mean we don't know right at this point i think everybody just assumes Arya's dead okay no one no one's ever confirmed it except for brienne brienne yes brienne knows okay um so, what else? What else? Oh yeah, the big. I guess the big takeaway here, uh, skipping to the end, is that mm. she finds out that uh, Brandon and Rickon are still alive. Um, where is Rickon, by the way? I would just bugs he's me. Gone. He's, he's gone. He's, he's gone. He's just yeah. Next time we see him, I bet he'll be recast. 
That's my prediction. Most likely, yeah, because you'll just it'll, a lot of time will have passed. Yeah. Um, all that happens with Rickon is that when they split up, they say that Asha and Rickon are heading to um, Last Hearth, which is the home of the Umbers. Okay. And they're very they're they're Stark allies. They're some of the staunchest Stark allies, and you assume he'll be safe there. But that's it. That's all the information you get. And that's well. Let's hope. I do they say we're not going to see him this season, or was that just about Bran? Uh, it was just about Bran, but I wouldn't be surprised if you don't see Rickon either. Okay. I mean, what would you go? What, what would there be? What would there be to learn? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, well, I mean, like plenty of things could happen to him along the way, but if yeah. you don't focus on it. It's not a big deal. There's too many other storylines. They're already, you know, really condensing the show. So I doubt he'll be a significant part of next season either. Yeah. Um, although I'd understand we're going to be seeing the Iron Islands again next season. Um, yeah. So that's in, finally, I, that's a nice change yeah. of pace. Um, I like that uh, Theon really, he believes that what happened to him is like deserved. Yeah. He, and what he, and what he did for Sansa was like was actually helping her by saying like listen you whatever you did he would have known anyway and it could be a lot worse so I was actually helping you by not by 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 like giving up your plan your plans because he could be a lot worse right yeah. um, uh, he makes that little slip up about the boys and then kind of realizes that he that whole thing about he'll know I'm not sure like does he do you think he'll tell uh, Ramsey that he told her about the the boys? It's hard to say. Like, R- Ramsey really has Theon, you know, he has his, not even loyalty, Under his but... his thumb, yeah. Yeah, his devotion. Like, no matter what, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Theon did say that because he'd probably be punished less if he was honest about it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's, and you gotta feel like, you gotta be glad for Sansa. You, you, like, the look on her face when she finds out that Brandon and Rickon are still alive is... Mm-hmm pretty nice and it's like especially after you kind of like go through everything that she's gone through uh, mm-hmm. and like things just don't seem to go her way but then she she gets this piece of news and she's kind of like she has a reason like a raison d'etre yeah exactly you know? sort uh, of like with, with, with the Tyrion she was kind of at her at rock bottom yeah right and now she has a, like not a necessarily reason to live like I doubt she's gonna like escape Winterfell and go find them but it's just yeah. something to think about right um Although that's kind of, I think, probably now that's probably your plan. You gotta think I guess, she's gonna re- see, reunite at some, on yeah. some level, yeah. Because that's, to her, that's that's the la- that's all the family she has left. I mean, she knows John is still alive, but, you know. She never really liked John either. Yeah, I guess, but, I mean, I think but, she'd have a lot yeah. more, you know, um, I think the new version of Sansa, the much more, like, um, Darth Sansa, or like they called her last season, um, mm-hmm. she'd be a little bit more understanding and accepting of a half-brother for sure know? um so anything else you want to mention about uh about Sansa i just I'm, I'm glad to see Sansa finally like uh, emote you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> half the time like bad shit's happening to her and yeah she looks sad but like she just kind of mopes around and like very like deadpan and, and now she's finally like screaming in his face and yeah. it gets results you know what i mean um, yeah, you say what you want about the the Sansa stuff this season, but it's definitely allowed uh, Sophie Turner to actually act um, yes. a bit more. Uh, not that she's a bad actress or was bad before, just that she has more to do now. Yeah. Um, so the Boltons strategizing—that's the the next scene. This is a pretty throwaway scene. Mostly, it's pretty much an again. It's just pretty much an exposition dump. Yeah, and I'll just recap the info that we get here. Winter is pretty much here. We know that the snow is really deep now. Uh, Roost wants to wait out a siege. We know they have enough food for six months, is what they said. Uh, yeah, something like that. Which is more than long enough to wait out a siege in the middle of winter. Makes sense. Uh, and something that's clearly a Roosian style uh, strategy, right? Yeah, he, it's the smart thing to do. It's... Yeah. Um, Ramsey, being the crazy one that he is, wants to take 20 men and do some sort of sneak attack. Um uh, not sure what they're planning here. It's kind of, you know, left ambiguous. Yeah. This scene just exists to, to you know, to validate whatever is going to happen in the next couple of seasons. Yeah, it's, se- uh, shows. it's weird that you'd have this scene and not have a scene with, Star- like, with Stannis, like, with the opposite, st- like, strategizing from the other side. Um, yeah. But, uh, again, it just... We had that sort of last week, though, right? Stannis last week, all he said is that they move forward and only forward. Like, we, we know his strategy is that they attack Winterfell. They're... They, they doesn't matter how much snow there is. They just move forward and and do what they have to do. Yeah. So honestly, um, I 
want this to come to a head sooner rather than later, um, especially after this week's like surprise action scene in the back half of the episode. Um, mm-hmm. I can't help but be worried that I'm going to be disappointed in the resolution of this whole storyline. Um, it's going to be underwhelming. And that's, that's what I'm worried about anyway. It um, could be. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to fit in because, you know, there's a lot of other storylines that we need to address. First, yeah, like right? are we going to get half an episode of a battle scene outside of Winterfell? Unlikely, right? That's But yeah. two episodes left. I mean, they're not going to leave this storyline for next season. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about about anything else before we move on to hard home i just i don't understand what ramsey's plan here is but whatever it's not important i guess it's like take 20 men and do what is it kind of like they're gonna try to murder stannis i guess isn't it kind of like that plan they had like from like uh that uh dario had like what was it three two seasons ago about going into i can't remember what city it was anymore but remember like sneaking in yeah that isn't that kind of like that it's a similar plan right i guess and we we know that that Ramsey's done uh, like these kind of like sneaky type moves before. So maybe it's, you know, it's something, it's not completely out of the, out of his wheelhouse, you know? Yeah. All right. So let's just seems on. unnecessary, but whatever. Yeah. I, I, again, but Ramsey's not the level headed one. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I guess to Roos, it's like, well, it's only 20, it's only 20 men. I have another, you know, bun in the oven, you know, not a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the best, the the best part of this this week's episode. Um, so let's just quickly mention that there was a scene with Sam, Gilly, and Ollie, <laughs> yeah. um, and it was also pretty throwaway. The fact that we're not even setting it up as its own scene, um, it just really served to let us. <laughs> it served to remind us that Ollie is still upset with John. I remember just distinctly like Ollie's like stink guy last week was so funny to me like he was in the background of that scene just looking so angry for like a maybe like a 13 year old kid um but really it's it's also um to recap john's plan for us um in case anyone was confused you just let sam kind of break it down there's literally nothing else happened (laughs) um so John reaches hard home and it's the title's namesake so and you and it doesn't disappoint at all and you really understand why it's called hard home right like right away you get like there's the cliffs around it uh, yeah. that protect it and stuff so um, again I'm a bit upset with the show's inability to help us understand where it is like geographically in the world um, it just seems like he just floats in on a boat it could be literally anywhere and you've like where did he go it doesn't make it clear as to which direction or you know where it is they say the shivering sea these are things like you you have to look at a map to understand where it is yes it's kind of hard to do that as a show like what they say that they're going north of the wall and east yeah right that's it there there's a bay there it's essentially like hudson's i think we talked about this before it's yeah. like hudson's bay so it's like them going across the hudson's bay from east watch by the sea to Hardhome. So but, was that where Stannis' ships were already? At or, Eastwatch? Yeah. Yeah, they would have had to be. That, like, they would have landed at Eastwatch because the, the, there's no way to get to Castle Black by ship. Okay. So they would have had to land over there and then ride across. Okay. Um, so the first shot of John on the boat is pretty sweet. Uh, like where he's like floating in on into Hardhome. Um, and it might be just me, and it's just based on what I saw later, but even at the time I thought... He's really highlighting his sword. It was like sitting higher up on him to the point where like the hilt was like almost like right at his chest. Um, and yeah. I will stand by the fact that John has the coolest sword on the show. Um, Absolutely. That includes the guy who has the burning sword. Um, what's that guy's name again? <laughs> Dundere. Oh, well, Thor Samir. Thor Samir is the one who uses it yeah. mostly, but we saw it when Beric fought the Hound. Okay, but either way, even including the guy with the flaming sword, absolutely the coolest sword it's, it has a name right long tooth is it is long claw long claw um so i, I just want to recap and i want to make sure i i'm remembering this right his sword used to it was it used to be um uh lord commander mormont's sword right yes and it used to have a bear on the hilt on the hilt uh, yeah it was like or no on, on the pommel on the pom- okay so that was the that was it used to be a bear but then it was recarved into a wolf after it was passed on to him yes okay and the other thing, um, that sword belonged to Jorah Mormont, and when he was, when he was exiled, he left the sword instead of taking it with him. Okay. 
to retain some honor. And it's made of Valyrian steel. Yes, very which important. is very important this episode. Yeah. So, um, I, first thing I noticed after the sword thing was that the wildlings are very color coordinated. Um, like literally, every single one is wearing like the same like snow camo outfit. And I don't remember. Is this something? I suppose that, like that's all they really have. They don't really have options. It's not like they have dyes and no, I know flowers to color things. But like at the same time, is this something that they were all wearing before? Like the fir- in that season three when we first see them all. Yeah. Um, I guess at the beginning of season four. Uh, two. Season, yeah, end of season two, beginning of season three. Uh, were they all wearing the same stuff then? Too? Yeah, pretty much. They all like. Whatever, wherever they get their clothes, like it's the same st- uh, type of animal that they're using, <laughs> right? <laughs> they, they, all, they all buy it. They buy it in bulk um, from uh, the. Well, there's, there's only one Walmart, Walmart up there, so yeah. Um, so the meeting with the elders was uh, like a very classic, inspirational, put our differences aside kind of speech, um, complete with a misunderstanding. It leads to like, like to them like getting all upset but then that actually bringing them together more mm-hmm. um and then oh and of course the classic guy who's not going to go along with it but then has like a heroic like redemption moment later because he's yeah he's yeah. greater good the thin right so yeah. like very like classic like trope of like that kind of but it works like it's, yeah. it's, it's not it doesn't feel like that right if it, it, it was intense and you were you were in on it it's really sad every minute of it um, yeah what i what really stands out to me about this whole this whole sequence starting about at like about halfway through the episode when uh, john reaches hard home is that the tension literally I, to me was building the second he stepped on to the ground um and the tension for me was that the wildlings would turn on him right that's what the tent that I'm like, that's what I was worried about was happening up, up to, and including through the parts where they were having the meeting. Right. Yeah. The, that you had, you get about five seconds to breathe, but at the point where you're like, Oh, well that's not going to happen. They're loading a bunch of people onto the boats. That's (laughs) awesome. Like you, and then boom, right away. Like that, like mist cold, like things, the music picks up and you're like, and and like you're like, your tension was already high, and you only got that five seconds to recover. So it has you hadn't really lowered it that far down, and right away it's like, whoa, okay, you're right back in it, and it's like totally pays off. I absolutely. think it's done absolutely so amazing. The music here is so good, extremely tense, especially as soon as like uh, the if you go back and watch it, the the moment that um they close the gate. And they get the overhead shot of people running into the water. The music there is so <laughs> tense, and it's like it's so that's so awesome. It's it's just so well done. Um, I really like the um, you really get a sense of scale as to how many people we're talking about um, when they do kind of like that large um, landscape shot that shows like not just the encampment but like all the people outside of it too. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I just, I love pretty much everything they did here. Um, that lady with the two, uh, with the two girls, the two little girls. Yeah. She's really badass. But right away, like you, as soon as you saw our kids go on that boat, you're like, she's dead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that we liked her right away, that she, that she was a character we could get behind. Yeah. And it's like, it not doesn't go well for, you know, um, for Game of Thrones, like whole, like, women thing like <laughs> as soon as you introduce a strong female character she's killed in the same <laughs> episode um but like when she put she put the kids on the boat that's during that moment of reprieve like reprisal from like the tension um mm-hmm. even then you're like she's still gonna die you well do, for you sure the whole how. like you know <laughs> you guys go i have to help everybody else and then i'll follow you that's for sure like famous last words you know although john says the same thing in later in the episode and then he still survives so yeah um um what else? What else? What else? Um, I just, I've, and I talked about this with like the opposite with Arya, just how, uh, and I got a little touched on this a little bit earlier, but I just, you can't help but to feel how, um, how the weight of like how the things happening here, the decisions that John is making with these elders, these decisions have like so weigh so heavily on the fate of the rest of the actual, the whole world 
of Westeros and, and, and Game of Thrones, it just, even though it's so disconnected, the way that it, you can really feel it, maybe that's just me, but um, it, it, do, it doesn't feel disconnected anymore just because of how important things, like how things are coming to a head here. Every time well, you yeah, see like, an army of the dead, it's kind of, kind of... Of course. And I think this is one of the first times we've seen them in earnest, right? Like mm-hmm. as an army, it's always been one or two, right? Yeah, well, we saw that that one scene, or is, is it Sam, or that one guy's like sitting at? No, it wasn't Sam. One of the, uh, um, or was it Sam? I don't remember now. Where he like they're behind hiding behind the rock. The first time we see a White Walker on the horse. Yeah, that was Sam. Okay. And, and yeah, and then there was a big like spanning shot of the entire army. I mean, yeah. This is the first time we see that army in action. Yeah. Every other time they fought, it's been like one or two. Sam killed one that was on its own. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the time with Bran, um, and the skeletons and that lake. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um. So, <clears throat> what else? What else? What else? Um, John really made it seem like that dragon glass was like the only dragon glass that they had. Like, did Sam give them everything that they had as far as I, dragon I don't glass? know? I think they found a bunch, and Sam gave them one bag. They have okay. more back at Castle. Bar. I hope so because, like, he lit like t- a couple times in this during this sequence. He's like, "We need the dragon glass. We lo- we can't leave without the dragon glass. Like, it's so important." Right, and obviously it is because the the White Walkers or whatever very important. Mm-hmm. It is important, but it just it seems like that was it. Like if without that, like they're screwed. Um, well, except for that other thing, but we'll get to that. Um, <clears throat> I hope they have some more at the, at the at Castle Black. I you really hope so. Is there any way to make? I, I don't know. I, I don't remember what they. I, I don't remember what they said in the show, but in the books, like they find a couple bags that have like a few hundred arrowheads and stuff like that. Like. And as well as swords and daggers. Yeah. Um, so. it, it's well, and Luckily, you only need them to kill the White Walkers. The zombies you can kill in, tra- in traditional means. Um, can I also say that... Although I, it takes a lot, yeah. Yeah. I love the um, the fact that, like, the zombies fight, like, actual... like instead They don't, like, try to bite you or eat you. Um, they, like, fight more like traditional, like... It's still, like, a living person with, like, weapons and stuff. Um, I just appreciate that. It's just kind of a different take on it that I, that I really like. Um, mm. they also like that they sprint very 28 days later, uh, like esque style zombie. Fast cool. zombies are scary zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Like when that, um, uh, that Fen looks through that hole in the wall. Did you not expect like his face to get stabbed through with something? For sure. For um, sure. A spear was coming through there. Yeah. But like that, either way that didn't happen, but like him looking and then that, like that one, like skeleton thing, like just running straight at it. So cool. Like just like right into the wall. Um, I love what I'm, can we just, I'm just gonna I'll mention a couple more things but I'm just gonna geek out for a moment I love <laughs> the CG here is so awesome the stuff that the like the giant like squishing that one like the stuff that the giant does is pretty much in this entire episode is pretty that awesome that giant was badass right like, he, he's carrying around that like massive like, like essentially like a <laughs> like a telephone pole <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with like a with a giant match um which is so, I love that too um I, like the way the zombies like came through the wall, there was that one hole, and they just kept like one at a time, just coming through. Was like like very like like bugs. It was just so cool. Um, yeah, just like mindless killing machines. It's pretty amazing how fast that like there was a lot of people outside that wall that were left out there. How fast yeah. they went through those people is like pretty amazing. Like they closed the gate, and then within, I mean, maybe it was just for like dramatic effect, but like right away it goes like silent, like out there pretty fast. Um, and you really like how many people do they lose here like several thousand right um, yeah a bunch a ton how many, how many people did they get on the boats a couple thousand it's unclear but uh, i wouldn't say a majority no a couple, i mean we don't know how long they we i don't know how long we like they were putting people on the boats before we saw the scene with them going on the boats yeah um, and they never really talk numbers in the first place so well they did a little bit at the one part, they say, you know, like, how many people did we get? Like, 5,000 or whatever. Um, and then they say, oh, the rest will come around, right? But cool. uh, we don't... I, you have to assume that they didn't get all 5,000 on the boats at that point, right? Um, I, yeah, I just, like, this... I guess the only other scene we need to talk about before we just just name stuff that we thought was really cool was the, um, the scene where John fights the White Walker in the hut. Um, love that it's like on fire and then he walks in and the fire kind of like goes out as just, it's just so much cold coming <laughs> yeah. off of him. Um, 
Is that this? I think is this the same White Walker that was on the horse that looked at Sam? I think it is. I mean, it looks like they, the same. They one. all kind of look the same. Well, he's got the beard though, and I mean, the shot of um, the four of the, like the four of them on horseback at the top of that mountain yeah. is pretty cool. Um, four horsemen esque of the apocalypse, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so John's fighting this White Walker. Uh, the Fen gets a pretty getting a shit kick. Yeah, the, yeah. That too, but then gets a pretty crappy death, right? Like right away, like his his axe explodes, right? Um, and then he's like he looks at it, and then just instantly stabbed. <laughs> um, John does affairs a little bit better. Um, he loses his sword right away, and you're like, shit, that's not good. Um, he kind of gets like thrown around a couple times. I'm so, like, there's one part where um, like the f- he picks up another sword that explodes as well, like kind of like the Thens did. But instead of getting stabbed, he gets hit by the other end of like the White Walker's like, like pike. Yeah. Um, which I thought was weird. Like he could have just stabbed him. You know, just use the other end. For sure. I, I always have this issue with these things. Like, there's a a crazy powerful enemy when he grabs John from by the cuff and throws him across the room. Yeah. For sure, could have stabbed him. You know. He, was, he, or, he grabbed him from like he was on his knees and he was behind like standing behind him. It, all he did was grab him and throw him. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, at first, I'm like, I thought like I want John to die. Just like, yeah. I hate, that seems to be happening in a lot of uh, fight scenes in like movies and TV. Especially when like, there's an opportunity yeah. and then he just Especially lucky when they're that super he didn't powerful. Take it. If they have yeah. a lot of strength, they do a lot of throwing. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I honestly thought John might have di- might die in this episode. Um, when he, <laughs> when he got, like, when he was like, he got up and it was like winded, I guess it kind of seemed yeah. like. And he like ran out of the, the hut to go like grab his sword. And he was like, he stumbled and fell and like, he's walking towards him and maybe it was the music, but I literally, I was like, no, I, I sometimes yell at my TV during the show. Um, I don't know if this is something you guys have noticed in the past, but I was, I thought he was going to die. I'm like, no, 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 no. He didn't thank God. Cause he picks up the sword and he stops the thing instead of it exploding. Like every other time, um, stops it. And the look on the white Walker's face, by the way, is priceless. It needs to be a meme. <laughs> like its own thing because he, he like he like it stops he looks at it like mm? like what and then the fuck boom like right yeah. and by the way can i just say if to kill a white walker all it takes is like a nick from like valyrian steel or um uh, uh dragon glass mm-hmm. they're actually not at that bad of a disadvantage the the humans because like a chop like that you know would kill most people still right but like it explo- he exploded <laughs> and, and disappeared into nothing like and Jan- and all Sam had to do was stab one in the back with uh, in the shoulder blade with dragon glass and the same thing happened right so yes you have to you however have to- the, it's not like there's a lot of dragon glass or um, Valyrian steel out there well and luckily there's not a lot of uh, white walkers either <laughs> apparently there's well only that's four. it's not clear how many there are yeah I guess there's only four in this episode that we see. The see the and big. They were they were like thirteen last season or something like that. Yeah, around yeah around the thing. Um. Okay. What else? What else? What else? Um. Just I'm like, just happy. Like it. Finally, it kind of confirmed it, the. It was like a theory of mine. The, the Valyrian steel would would fight against White Walkers. Mm. It's never. They never really say that in the books, but it's. Valyrian steel. The whole point of it is that it's it's forged using magics from the fourteen fires of Valyria, yeah. and you assume like this whole. It's a, it's a song of ice and fire, and it's kind of about ice versus fire, right? Good yeah. versus evil. And so yeah, a, Valyrian steel is, is forged in fire, and you, you just assume that it would have some sort of effect on them. They, they really emphasize Valyrian steel in the books. Yeah, I mean, I and I have, like, this weird obsession with Valyrian steel. I don't get, like, listening to our podcast in the past, like, I love <laughs> talking about the different swords and, like, why Valyrian steel is so cool. I just, like, when you see a sword, like, cut through, um, like, a bench, and it, like, cut through it like a lightsaber, I'm like... You kind of like gain appreciation for it. Um, yeah. uh, what else? Um, we talked about how many people we thought might get out. We talked, but like, I just, what do you do against an army that when you lose, the people that you lose to that army, like in a, in a, in combat are added to the ranks of the, the army that you are fighting. Right. Like, what can you do? Yeah. I, just, I don't know. Cause every, it's like, it's exponent. It just gets exponentially harder for you every single time. Um, I mean, I suppose if you if you win a fight once in a while, it wouldn't be, but yeah, but like it's impossible there, to win when they keep adding to when they, they reinforcements are generated by the fight. Yeah, does it's so? Can you kill some of the? Can you 
permanently stop these some of these zombies, or does he, when you do that again, even the zombies that they kill, do they come back too? Yeah, I think they need to be burned in order to be dead. Dead. <sighs> oh, okay, see, that's even more brutal. Um, you gotta again, you gotta feel bad for that girl who got like who kind of like who saw like the undead kids and was like, oh crap, there's only like, there's she couldn't do it. Like you just right away, mm-hmm. she just gave into it. Which again was, a, I think it was a little bit of a cheat. Like I mean, I know we saw her kids, but like. Are we just supposed to assume that she's going to let herself be killed because... It's weird. Like, she seems like she's the head of one of the clans in the North. Yeah. And obviously, in order, in order to reach adulthood in the North, you have to be sort of hardened to these kind of things. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing a wildling would have, would not do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I mean, I get... I, it's just one of those, like, st- like storytelling shortcuts that I didn't really appreciate. For sure. Um, Her character likes kids, therefore she can't kill kids yeah. before she dies. You know? Yeah. Um... That scene when the uh, the zombies just start like running off the cliff. I love that there's also skeletons, by the way, not just zombies. I think that's yeah, they're really awesome. they're in various states of decomposition. Yeah. Um, I love when they when they start falling off, like running off the side of the cliff. That's so cool. That is just so cool. And then the point when then John and that other like Night's Watchman, I look at it and I'm like, I was literally when that started happening again. I started yelling at my TV again. I was like, Run! Run! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like I think they got the hint because then uh, they started like. Right away, you're like, "Fucking go!" They get managed to get to the boat, and then you get this really cool scene with. Um, so they kind of na- they named him in the um, like breaking down the episode things that they do after, um, and they kind of met, they leaked his name leaked last season. So I'm just gonna talk about it. Um, and I don't. <sighs> I don't think it's a spoiler. I mean, why? It, I know, but is that official spoiler. though, or is that just was that a mistake? Well, somebody? No, made? no, because David Benioff said his name after God today's episode. Um, so it's. We know for sure now, I mean, I guess based on the fact that David Benioff said it, that that's what, even if that's not, um, even if it's, it's not technically a spoiler because it's been said now. It's just not been revealed to any of the other characters yet. Um, That he's the Knight's King, the 13th um, Lord Commander of the Knight's Watch. I think we kind of like went over the story of this guy last season. Um, Yeah. And the whole his uh, which we don't have much of a story. For yeah, him, so he was the thirteenth Lord Commander. He was a Stark. Um, he fell in love with. It's, it's a, unclear if he was a Stark or not. People think he was, though. I, I think, think Old Nan the, is the one who said he was a Stark, but that just that's just part of her story. Yeah. So that and she fell in love with he fell in love with a girl with white skin and blue eyes. Uh, he yes. seemed like kind of like a White Walker esque creature, and. Um, she he I can't remember exactly what the thing is they anyway they they get together and when he I think the line is when he gives her his seed he gives her his soul as well uh, which is pretty <laughs> pretty funny um, and he ends up like using uh, Castle Black as like his own personal castle um, to as like a king of the north kind of thing for like ten years or something like that before uh, I think it's longer than that but yeah yeah but then uh, the story is that the king uh, in the north so like whoever was the warden of the north at the time um, was it made like I guess I joined forces with the wildlings again I think it's kind yes. of this did like very similar to what's happening the entire now. north and all the wildlings yeah. and he was a Stark and he went and fought who and, and this is part of old Nan's story is was his brother yeah the okay. Night's King was his brother right? and he <laughs> And they like took back the castle, um, but I guess it, it, he didn't die, or it, that's this is that that same person same is now become like the head of the White Walkers, um, doing this really cool like arm raising thing to bring back the dead, which I, was very dramatic and very cool. But um, yeah, I mean, if that's if that's the character, I think that's just really interesting because again, it brings things full circle. The idea that to stop them the first time, they had to bring together all the people from the north, yeah, um, all together to do it, which I think is really cool. Um, why does it bug you that that might be the um, the character? Just because I don't I don't know if that if that was meant to be like that or not in the books. Like again, it's not a big deal, but a lot of this is deviating from the books. Yeah. Um, the White Walkers are never really the characters. You don't really see them. Like you don't really see this this level of yeah. uh, organization or or anything. It, it's more like they're just spoken about or the only time you see them is in a prologue and then the character in that prologue is killed you yeah. know what I mean? yeah. so to get the, this uh this extra layer of insight is fine but it sort of is ruining a bit of the book story for me 
just knowing that he's a Night's King, like there there was a revelation in the books that's going to happen maybe next book. Yeah. When they become a more significant part of the story, you know. Well, I mean, it I'm just sure. but it, it, it's not a huge deal. I'm not I'm not gonna stop watching the show. I'm just okay. Ugh. You're just upset that it spoiled the book a little bit, assuming that that's what it was gonna happen. Like it's it's gonna be little things like that that are gonna bug me about the show overtaking the books. Mm-hmm. You know, like little pieces of that. So then when I read it in the book, I'll still enjoy it, but it will be it won't have the same effect. Um. Yeah. I mean, I it's unavoidable. I, I kind of feel for you, but I don't really at the same time. <laughs> um. So let's. I'll just get, let's give our overall thoughts on uh, the episode here. So like like you mentioned, it's really uh, it's a tale of two stories. I think uh, it's really it's really just it's a song of ice and fire, kind of like you mentioned. Um, part one being the fire side with talking about Danny and Tyrion's story. It's really yes. the most important thing that you that happens um, that isn't the second half of the story. And then part two is obviously John's uh, the ice side. It's it's very it and like. To the point where, like, the colors of each are, like, uh, the way that they use the camera, it's, like, very warm mm-hmm. and orange <laughs> with Danny, and then very blue and cold with uh, with John. Um, this show is, this episode really does a great job of capitalizing what makes this so, show so great. It kind of, like, it's it was half the classic Game of Thrones, like, from last week, where it jumped around, but through different, uh, different stories, and then the second half was a lot, like, episode nines have been in the past like with uh the battle of blackwater or the wall last season right kind of had a huge action bit of everything loved it um i'm also awesome because i was not expecting there to be a huge action scene this month uh this week and i think it really worked and you really gotta think so next episode is the ninth episode typically that that the really big penultimate episode something really big usually happens in episode nine um of each season it kind of makes you lazy wondering what that's going to be. If this is this isn't what it is, this could have mm-hmm. easily been the ninth episode thing, and I Absolutely. wouldn't have been disappointed by it. Um, then what's that? What's that leave for tomorrow? Like for next week? That's where you start getting worried. But maybe it'll be a little underwhelming. Hopefully not. Um, what else? I it, it, I was debating this whether this could be my favorite episode of the series so far, and it just based off of like. Cersei seeing like really being brought back to earth and just being like watching her being kind of in the in the mud kind of you gotta like that right the Tyrion Danny stuff amazing writing amazed like amazing acting like story wise it's something you wanted to see it's just that's awesome right so there's that um but then and then the things in the north the things really coming to a head with the White Walkers very awesome right you can't that action sequence is amazing right but then you gotta know yeah like there's you got to take into account that there's like the Arya stuff and the that scene with uh, Ramsay and uh, Roos and um, like that kind of like yeah they kind of but take it's easy away to forget those things overall it's it's 100 the best episode of this season yeah of the entire series that's a little strong I think but what well, would you give it like I would say it's soft nine hard eight it's it's up there for sure when did we when did we start using the scale of softness and hardness <laughs> <laughs> like. It's like it's like an eight point five, you know. Like it's it's not you kind of limber in between an eight point five and a nine point five. It's like if it's a hard eight, you assume it's like, you know, an eight point five. No, 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 no. A hard eight means it's an eight. This episode to me is a hard nine. Like it's 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 a nine, and I don't have any problem I saying it's a nine. A soft nine is still a nine, but it's like yeah, it's it's a nine. But there's this this and this wrong with it. Well, I feel like it's halfway. But well, that's what I said. It's like it's definitely no. There's no point fives though. Forget about that. Well, that's what the softness. That's what I'm not saying. You can't say it's a hard eight point five. That doesn't work. <laughs> um, I just it's weird that we started kind of scoring things. I mean, it's more arbitrary. It's not like we have like yeah, we set sure. a score, but it's like it's something we kind of avoided in the past. It's like when I've written reviews or I've written other stuff. It's like mm-hmm. I generally don't give it a score at the end. But I mean, it's, it's kind of just a fun game to play at the end of an episode, anyways. What would you give it? Um, Wait, I don't think we've ever scored anything below a five, have we? Oh no, I probably not even below a six. Yeah. Um, and the, okay, so yeah, there's also the Ollie and Sam scene, right? So that's that's another point off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or I mean, like all together, that's a point off, making it a nine instead of a ten. You know what I mean? See, but that's one of those ones. Like, I, it didn't even bother me that much. It was a, a throwaway scene. It, it wasn't necessarily needed. But it, it was good enough. It it, it accomplishes purpose. Like it, there's there's so many other times in the show where they have a throwaway scene that doesn't accomplish anything, 
Yeah. It doesn't like it doesn't remind us of any character. It doesn't remind us of where things are. It's just like checking in with like Brienne and Pods. Like remember that they're here, but that like those ones are unnecessary. This one at least led into the John stuff nicely enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I just have to completely agree. I think this is just a really really well done episode. Um, yes. Aside from the things we said, but again, like that that last half just makes up for all of it. Um, just the CG, the action was great. Like so many brutal kills too. Like, and they weren't afraid of showing them either. There's like, a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I just thought it was just really well done, really well shot. This pretty much the entire episode again, minus the things we mentioned. But yeah, I think we can uh, leave it there. Um, I need to get to work right away. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, well. Next week is, like I mentioned, the ninth episode, so I'm really excited to see what happens with that. It's called The Dance of Dragons, um, which, uh, again, so if, you, if you're following along with uh, uh, name drops of book titles, there was one this week as well. Yeah, <laughs> Feast for the Crows. Feast for the Crows. Um, and uh, then we'll get, I don't know if they'll say Dance of Dragons next week, but the title of the episode is called The Dance of Dragons. So um, that uh, that's, yeah, I'm just really excited about next week. I mean, the ninth episode, I'm there's pumped. only two episodes left. Um, are we still getting the typical one week break in between the ninth and tenth? Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, that's unfortunate. I don't like that, but it, it's a little. We get a nice break for us too, not having to do a, a podcast every week for ten straight Catch weeks. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Tower Babblecast. I'm having some great conversations with people about the show uh, on there. I had a great conversation with uh, with someone last night about it. Uh, how uh, they brought up that they're. They're not convinced that the, the White Walkers are wholly evil, and just not the way that George R. R. Martin does things. Um, to have a have a wholly evil character like that, I kind of I kind of threw back at her saying, "Well, what's what's Ramsey's deal if he's not a wholly evil character?" You know, and she's like, "Well," <laughs> she's like, "Well, we you're supposed to feel bad for him like that, get some sympathy because of his like origin story, right? About being like an orphan, blah blah blah." Um, but I was like, well, we only learned that or- that origin story two weeks ago, so and she's like, yeah, no, it was part of the other season too. But no, Ramsey is, is a, know. he's very one dimensional. Yeah, we didn't learn. Yeah, we knew he was a, an orphan, but like we don't care. Like we didn't know that he like the whole thing about his mother and all that kind of stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We only learned that two weeks ago, and she's like, yeah, you're right. Don't ask me to defend Ramsey. I think he's the worst character on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she makes a good point about the White Walkers, yeah. right? And that's part of what I was saying. Uh, like, you don't see them in the books as so organized. They have at actual goals. They're not just mindless yeah. monsters. Um, they they rule over mindless monsters, but that's yes, the, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Tower Bab- at Tower Babblecast on Twitter, always great. Send us emails if you want to send us a, a friendly email, like Jennifer did. Um, well, she wrote a comment on our website, but if you want to do an email, triple uh, W or not triple W, Tower of Babel Podcast. <laughs> at gmail.com you can find all that information at www.towerofbabblepodcast.com and we will be back next week with season 5 episode 9 the dance of dragons this week's game of thrones theme cover is an acoustic cover by voice avenue you can find his music on youtube spotify and itunes 